Welcome to the Guided Lines Podcast, the best place for tips, tactics, and stories from fishing guides around the world. And now your host, Jake Baker. What's going on, guys, and welcome back. I'm your host, Jake Baker, and this is episode number 11 of the Guided Lines podcast featuring Mike Schultz with Schultz Outfitters in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Mike's an awesome guy with a wealth of knowledge. We had a great conversation. We touch on everything from his home fishery of the Huron River and his love for smallmouth to some of the great work the Huron River Watershed Council is doing, as well as a couple of trips that they've got planned coming up. Uh, first, a little bit of housekeeping. You know I got to do it to you. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Guided Lines Podcast. Shoot us an email if you've got something to say at guidedlinesinfo at gmail.com. Also, we are on iTunes and Stitcher, so please, please please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us immensely. Um, so let's get right into it. This is episode number 11 featuring Mike Schultz. All right, on the line with me today, I have got Mike Schultz of Schultz Outfitters in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you, bud? I'm doing really well. We appreciate you taking the time to come on today. Uh, so first things first, how is the fishing been? I know you've been taking a couple trips lately. Um, what's the smallmouth action in Michigan looking like? Yeah, well, we had, uh, you know, this is the, the second full year that we've had a um, year-round 365-day catch-and-release smallmouth season. So, you know, we got on them really early this year. We were catching fish in January and, um, you know, really hasn't slowed down. Um, and as you probably know, river fishing all revolves around water. Uh, right now we're kind of on the low end of things, but, uh, this is the first time that has happened this year. We've had really solid flows, uh, since January. So fishing has been pretty darn good. Awesome. So, um, I know your specialty, um, Southeastern Michigan, obviously you were born and raised in Michigan. So I'm sure, you know, a lot of the water throughout the States, um, but the Huron, um, seems to be kind of your specialty. Uh, talk a little bit about the fishery down there, um, the river and just kind of the fish in it. Yeah, the Huron River is a, a wonderful fishery. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to live in, in Dexter, Michigan, which is, uh, you know, right in the heart of, uh, some of the best water on the river for smallmouth bass. It's actually the, uh, the only catch and release bass, um, section of river in the state um, which is pretty neat you, can, you cannot keep any smallmouth bass any largemouth bass um, through the section that we, we we tend to fish quite often um, which has really turned into a great fishery that's been in place since 1989 and uh, the Huron's just a great place it's not uh, a fishery where you're going to go out and, and catch a ridiculous number of bass like you can on some of the other rivers that we we fish and work on um, but it's a, a very challenging fishery um but the the payoff can be can be huge there's some very large fish in it that's awesome um so i i know you just got back from a trip up in the up i believe is that correct you do through your outfit you're you're planning trips up that yes, way correct talk a little bit about those trips yeah, yeah, uh, maybe yeah. recap the last one you're on it and i believe there's another one coming up in august Correct, correct. Yeah, there's. Uh, I've been working with uh, a guide service up there for years. It's uh, called Tight Lines Fly Fishing. They're out of uh, the Green Bay area in Wisconsin. 
um, and we fish, um, you know, the rivers up there with, with those guys. It's uh, a spectacular fishery in, in God's country. Um, you know, above average size smallmouth bass that, that like to eat big streamers and like to eat poppers and frogs and, and all that stuff and in a beautiful place and a beautiful setting. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy my time. I get to spend up there with Tim and his team. Um, usually take six, eight guys up there and, uh, I take my own boat and kind of do my own thing with a, with a host friend of mine. And, and yeah, it's, it's a spectacular fishery that, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a drive, but, uh, it's definitely worth the drive. And if you're a small mouth aficionado that, that whole, uh, you know, upper Midwest, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Northern Michigan, the upper peninsula has some spectacular smallmouth fishing. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's Mecca for me. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you do much of the kind of wet and wade, you know, little Travers Bay kind of streamer throwing, or are you pretty much sticking to the rivers? You know, I'm a, I'm a river guy, uh, nothing against lake, lake fishing and flats fishing, but there, there's something about, a a river smallmouth that can grow to, you know, trophy size, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 inch fish grow in a river versus growing in a lake. Right. Those river fish are, it takes a lot longer for them to, uh, to grow, uh, to that size. And, uh, you know, as a smallmouth angler, someone that, you know, knows about these fish, respects these fish. Uh, there's something about that. I mean, you can kind of compare it to, a uh you know a guy that goes out and catches a, a 20 pound lake run brown trout versus the guy that puts his time in and catches a 30 inch resident river fish mm-hmm. you know and that's the way i look at smallmouth bass for lake fishing compared to to river fishing you know if you want to look at it uh you know through the eyes of a guy that fishes the huron river quite a bit you know those fish up there they, they behave a lot like a brown trout where they'll be in an area, be in a, you know, a hole, so to speak, a run, an area that they prefer to live in. Um, and they, they take up residence and they don't, they don't leave. Um, so, you know, a lot of those fish, depending on the conditions, you're going to get one cast, you're going to get one shot a day. Um, if you don't make the shot, you don't get the fish. Um, you know, there's days where, you know, you get, your guy throws it in the tree, you know, hooks it on the bottom, whatever. We go over there to retrieve that fly and you look down and, and, and there she is sitting right there. Um, you know, come back tomorrow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, they're, they're smart fish. They're, they're intelligent fish. You know, you, you read about, you know, smallmouth bass having these ridiculous number of days, but the truth is to go out and pursue a magnum sized fish that is in excess of 18 years of age is a difficult task. Right. Uh, and to do it consistently, yeah, to do it consistently takes years, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of time on the water and an intimate knowledge of, of a body of water. Sure. You can get lucky and, and, and catch one. Um, but the, a lot of the fish that we target, you know, they're known suspects and, uh, we're, we're trying to catch those fish. And that's what I, I find, uh, you know, the most attraction when it comes to smallmouth bass is pursuing individual fish, uh, like one might do that for brown trout. You know, that's what I think right. really, really neat about them. Yeah. So now, did you grow up down in that area of the state? Um, you know, what kind of propelled you into becoming a, a fishing guide? Um, you know, that's something that's always fascinates me 
Um, you know, I think you would agree that there's a lot of people out there who are not fishing guides who are probably equally as passionate about, um, you know, fishing as you are or I am. Um, but for whatever reason, they just didn't have that little extra kick um, that, you know, kind of propelled them forward into being a guide. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think uh, I mean, you're going to find, you know, no matter where you're at in, in the world, there's going to be guys that, that come and go. There's going to be, you know, so leaps in the wind, so to speak. Um, I think it takes a special person. I, I really do. Um, you know, as, as most of you guys know, it's, it's not, uh, uh, the most lucrative business. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of work and it's a, it's a lot of preparation, uh, before yeah. and after, um, uh, if you're going to do it at an elite level. And, you know, I think when it comes down to it and you really look at a, at a good guide is I think that the, the best guides want it more than the client wants it, you know? And I think, I think that's when, you know, when that day comes where I don't want it as bad as my guy wants it, then uh, that'll probably be the day I hang it up, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's gotta be a drive there, you know, definitely. Uh, you know, I don't guide as much as I used to, um, but I'm not 20 anymore. You know, I'm in my mid thirties and I got a wife and, and two kids and, uh, you know, responsibilities with the shop and whatnot. But yeah, I think it all comes down to the drive, you know, I mean, any guy that, that guides, you know, 60, 70, 80 days in a row and, and, and says they love it. I, I, I don't believe that, <laughs> you know, yeah. I think there's a burnout factor and it's a grind, um, you know, uh, not that I would know, not that I would know, but it seems like, you know, I mean, you know, I've, I've taken fishing trips for a week at a time and, you know, day five after you're just like, man, this is, this is a lot here. We've been doing this and, you know, especially if things aren't working out for you, you know, it just, it kind of compounds on top of that. So I can only imagine that. Yeah. 60, 70 days is, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, No, I mean, I I can't do that anymore. I mean, it's, it's, it's a grind, you know, and and for me, like I I really, the the preparation uh, before and after, um, you know, I think that's what really sets a lot of guys apart you know, a great guide from a good guide is, is that preparation. And, you know, that's something that I grew up playing sports and, you know, at an elite level. And I, I just, my preparation is, is, is you know, what I think is, is my kind of, you know, I don't know. Just, that, that's what makes it, makes me, yeah, my X factor. You got it, man. That's what yeah. I was looking for, you know, and that's, you know, tying the flies and, and, and preparing and, 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 and setting up every day for the conditions, you know, and I think that's one thing that people overlook is, is you really have to have intimate knowledge of these rivers when it comes to flows. And, you know, us being here in southeastern Michigan, we have six, seven rivers that we can choose from, um, you know, and the, our guides are, are taking you to the best piece of water on, the, on, that, on that day, not necessarily the one that's closest to their house or closest to the shop. And I think that's what really sets us apart is, is that drive and that uh, desire to, to put you on the best piece of water on that particular day. Right. So you become a guide, you, you start a shop, you obviously you, uh, you've got a great knowledge of, of the state and it's taking you all over. Um, I know kind of in some of the research I did and talking to you a little bit before, uh, you've taken, you know, a lot of different travels across the world, Patagonia, Russia, um, some other places, is, do you have kind of a standout trip of your lifetime thus far um, that you, you, you've taken that you could share with us? Honestly, brother, I mean, I, I could, I could fish in Michigan yeah. and be happy. Yeah. I really could. I mean, I, if it's I a, could it's a great place. whole month chasing smallmouth, 
you know, I, I love traveling places. You know, I love preparing for trips. I love tying flies for trips. I love, you know, that whole process is a, is a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, obviously the experience going to beautiful places, seeing different cultures, that is all a big part of the game. I mean, the fish, you know, it sounds cliche, but it, it, they're just a bonus, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm getting ready to, I'm going to Russia in August. That's kind of been a bucket list, um, you know, for me, uh, for years. And I'm not a big trout guy. I mean, I love trout and, and they're beautiful and yeah, obviously they're a big part of our industry. Uh, but I don't geek on trout as hard as most people do, but there's something about that, that area, Kamchatka, yeah. you know, just the, the remoteness and the wildlife and, you know, how you got to get there and that whole process. It's, you know, that's one, of, I'm looking forward to that you know, more than anything. And then down the road, I'd really love to go down to the Amazon and fish peacocks or, um, you Very know, cool. wolf fish. I mean, anything that's even, even close to a smallmouth bass and the way that they eat the fly. I mean, that's, that's what really gets me, uh, excited. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, a couple podcasts ago, we had Keith Rose Eins on, um, with Alphonse fishing company. And he was talking about the travel that it takes to get out to the Seychelles and the Indian ocean and th- that alone is like, you know, an adventure in itself. Um just just to go somewhere that remote. So no doubt. I'm sure going to going to Russia will be will be very similar. Heck yeah. No, really looking forward to it. It's gonna be great. That's awesome. Well, hey, I know you gotta run here shortly. I don't want to keep you too long. Um one last question. Would love to kind of touch on your work with the Huron River Watershed Council. Um I know you've helped found a couple things. Um, kind of annual fundraisers that might be coming up or people might be able to be on the lookout for. Um, so just want to let you run with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Huron river watershed council has been, been looking over the, the, the Huron river for over 50 years. Um, you know, for, for Michigan, it's kind of the, the watershed council. That's the, that's the benchmark for everybody else. You know, they're the, they're the, um, you know, consultants, if, if some other, you know, organization has questions or wants, uh, you know, a really good example of how to do things. I mean, they are the best, you know, they're just an amazing organization that has amazing people working for them and they get it done. Um, you know, we have done a few different things with them over the last, uh, five, six years. Uh, one of which is, a, a, a event we do every May. It's the third weekend in May. It's called talking for the Huron, and that's just a fundraiser where our guides, um, and even beyond just our guide staff, we have some friends that row boats for it. Um, you know, it's, uh, you, you pay for the boat for the day, hundred percent of the, the proceeds go to, uh, the watershed council and their efforts towards angling, um, you know, uh, projects. Um, so a couple of years ago, the money went towards, uh, a habitat reconstruction that they did right by the store, right downtown at Solani, where they, uh, dropped some trees and added some rock structure and did some fish sampling and, and all that stuff for us. But the most recent one, uh, what the 2016, uh, one, uh, actually funded a, a series of signs that, uh, were placed throughout the uh, middle and lower sections of the Huron river that just kind of encourage uh, releasing bass outside of their season. I think a lot of people really don't, uh, and I don't say a lot, but a percentage of the angling population that's, you know, not necessarily fly anglers, uh, but people that are actually, you know, targeting these fish to eat. Yep. 
uh, are targeting any fish really to eat, and they just occasionally catch smallmouth bass when they're fishing for catfish or walleye or whatever. They harvest them below the, below the legal size and also the uh, in excess of the legal limit. Um, and touching on that, I think, you know, the Michigan legal limit for, for bass nowadays is five fish over 14 inches. Um, you know, if you were to go down some of these rivers that we, that we, we guide and we fish, uh, and, and take five fish a day over 14 inches, you'd wipe the population of fish out immediately. Um, so it's really important to raise awareness to the, the public that, you know, what is the law and, uh, you know, now that you can target bass year round, uh, it's important to know, you know, what's going on. So those particular signs, I think they feature four different languages, um, fairly easy to, you know, even if you can't, don't speak or, or, or read those, those languages, you can look at a photograph and, and, and tell what's going on there. So, you know, all important things, you know, raising public awareness is huge. The Watershed Council does an amazing job. Um, I encourage anybody that, you know, fishes warm water species in southeastern Michigan to support uh, or even just loves clean water, you know, canoeing, kayaking, rafting, whatever you like to do on the water. The Watershed Council is is what does that for us. And, you know, it really shows with 50 years uh, of their work, 50 plus years, um, what can be done uh, to a river that at one point was, was polluted. Awesome. Well, I know, uh, you know, speaking for a lot of other Michiganders, we really appreciate all that you guys do down there um, to keep the waters moving. So thanks again. Hey, no problem, bud. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, For everybody out there, if you would like to book a trip with Mike or anybody at Schultz Outfitters, uh, you can check them out at SchultzOutfitters.com. Also, check out Mike on Instagram at Schultz Outfitters. Uh, I'll put the link to both the Instagram and the website in the show notes as well. Um, So awesome, Mike. Yeah, we appreciate it. Take care. Take care.